5056009. And by the way, you could always say 5056009. There's too many zeros. I like the O, the zero. It's kind of kind of gives it a nice ring to it. You know, our number used to be 8805763, but that went away because, well, you know, you can't have it forever. Just like Twitter. Although I'm hoping we get through the weekend and Twitter's still around. Everybody's preparing for the Twitter uh, apocalypse, Adrian. That seems to be the case. Yeah, people are looking to shift over to Tumblr, to MySpace, to TikTok, to Instagram. MySpace? Um, MySpace is still alive? Well, well, maybe it's going to be time to have this resurrected, you know, something like that. Maybe this is uh, MySpace's golden opportunity to come back from the dead and uh, and restore itself uh, if Twitter does go down the drain. I don't think it will. I'm going to be optimistic and say that I'm still on the side that uh, there will be a Twitter. I don't know what kind of space it's going to be when uh, it's all said and done, but I'm, I'm being optimistic. We'll, hopefully we'll have Twitter moving forward. What is Tumblr exactly? It's kind of like a blog sphere. You know, like you you just, uh, well, a lot of people use it to put their feelings down, kind of like write it like a journal or diary, uh, but other people use it to just write up updates. Kind of like a Twitter format, but more yeah. for long form, so you get more extended posts. So think about, uh, you know, your grandma posting on Facebook or something like that with a long post. It's kind of like that. Maybe we need to uh, create a new Twitter. That might be the way to go. I like that. I like where you're going. A little, uh, a little competitor or something to rival whatever's out there. Uh, out, you know. Once this is all said and done, but um, I, I don't know. I think everybody thought it was going to be uh, non-existent overnight, yep. and that hasn't been the case. No, it's still running. It is. It's still running. But man, the panic yesterday was hilarious. People are tweeting. Well, this is my last ever day on Twitter. But this is my last post. I'm like, oh my, stop it. Don't be so dramatic. I know. People are being way too sentimental around this. I was like, it's just Twitter. Come on, man. It's just the social media. And then here I am yesterday saying, hey, it it's impacts us here so greatly on the show. I don't know how we're going to connect with listeners if, if we don't have Twitter. I know. It's nuts. It is crazy. But that's part of the fun, right? It really is. Uh, good show today. The Foss is going to join us coming up in about 15 minutes. Give us his thoughts on the Cowboys and the Minnesota Vikings. Gonna be a good game this week. Looking forward to that. Last night's game, my goodness. You know, you get the good the, the, the good Green Bay and the bad Green Bay. And last week against the Cowboys, you saw the good Green Bay. Last night against the Titans, you saw the bad Green Bay. And man, when Aaron Rodgers is off, he is awful. And yesterday that was kind of the case. They could do anything right. You know, that's uh, one of the frustrating things because that Tennessee defense was missing a lot of their secondary members, Steve. And, and yeah, Christian Watson had a nice day again. Uh, but it just seems like there's something going on with Rodgers not being in sync with his receivers. He's out there pouting. He's out there blaming his, his receivers, but he's overshooting these guys. It's like that, that key pass late in the game to Alan Lazard sails over his head, and then Rodgers is getting frustrated. Well, what's going on? I mean, it's your precision. It's your accuracy that, that we're having here in question right now Aaron Rodgers not the receivers in that situation I'm with you on that I'm with you so the whole thing is just ah god and and you know they they couldn't get Jones going um we got like an eight yard gain holding call it back um that last play when he was trying to get one yard I wish he would have went to the outside just because when I feel like when Aaron Jones at his best when he gets to the outside and he tried to he tried to kind of 
pull an A.J. Dillon and go right in the middle of the hole. There was nothing there for him, and they fell short, and that was the end of that. Yeah, and I, and I saw a little bit of backlash on Aaron Jones. I was like, are you serious? People out there still want to blame Aaron Jones for the loss on this one? You can blame him for not gaining a yard, maybe, but I still thought it was uh, the, the blockers up front who did not create any sort of space for him. No. Uh, that def- defensive front for Tennessee is tough, and that's that gritty Tennessee team. They're, they'll grind it out for you. Ryan Tannehill, despite the injury, he didn't look that great this past weekend. He looked good last night. You know, he looked like he was connecting with his receivers, and that that was the key to it. I mean, the Packers plugged in all the holes. They did not want uh, Derrick Henry to beat him, right. so Ryan Tannehill beat him instead. But if, I'm, but if I need one yard and I want to go up the middle, I'm bringing in A.J. Dillon. If I want one yard and I want to get to the outside and try to win on the uh, on the edges, I'm bringing in Aaron Jones. Or at least, you know, the problem was there was nothing for him to do. He couldn't cut back. There was no There was nowhere to run. Yeah, I didn't like the designed run that they had for him. That that's just not his strength right there. No. And and also the fact that they tried to rush it and go real quick just so they can get the snap off. I get it. I understand what the urgency was. Even if they get that first down, even if they get the touchdown, I, I don't think they win at all because nah. they, they had no timeouts left under their belt and uh, they were getting dominated. To, uh, you know when when uh, Tennessee was going downfield on their end. Look, when they scored that touchdown and, and Aaron got the two point conversion to cut it to three. Tennessee marched right down the field and scored. It was like that was their answer. And that was kind of the way the whole game went yesterday for the Titans. Yeah, and can you imagine that gutsy call right there? It's Ryan Tannehill faking it to Derrick Henry and then throwing it to the best against the best cornerback that the Packers have, Jair Alexander. It's Traylon Burks, the rookie who makes yep. that catch inside the red zone. And that's all she wrote right there. The Titans run it out and they, they win the game. And Traylon Burks, I mean, he, he has that game saving catch. It was a, a really great night for the Titans. News breaking as we speak to start the show today that the Dodgers are expected not to offer Clay uh, Bellinger and that's big news so you know um, we were talking about I'm sorry Cody Bellinger his dad was Clay Bellinger my apologies Uh, anybody around in the 80s and 90s will remember Clay Bellinger from his Yankee days but Cody Bellinger uh, looks like uh, he will be um, you know finding a new team and that is I really don't want to say that's surprising Unfortunately, Cody Bellinger just has never lived up to uh, the hype with the injuries and everything that's plagued him after that terrific rookie of the year season. Yeah, he just hasn't produced recently. And it, and unfortunately, in this league and in all leagues, it's kind of like, hey, what have you done for me recently? And it's... It, it, comes off in a way as yes it is kind of a um you know you know something that fans might be upset at uh Cody right. Bellinger is such a fan favorite for a lot of Dodgers fans but the the bottom line is he hasn't produced recently and that's probably the reason why they went this direction. And I agree with you. Agree with you 100% on that. So, uh baseball news continues to trickle in during the off season. That's uh, you know, and the Bellinger news is significant because you know it was just about 3 4 years ago he was the, one of the best young players in the game. Everybody loved. They couldn't get enough Cody Bellinger. And now he'll probably be on a new team because the Dodgers do not want to bring him back. Uh, Eric Henry is going to join us in our 5 o'clock hour. We were with Eric earlier today. Adrian picked him up, took him to L&J's for breakfast or lunch. And man, oh man, uh, it was great to see Eric. Can't wait to see him in our uh, Lubingo Oil Changer studios in less than an hour and talk to the man who covers... Uh, FIU and CUSA for Underdog Dynasty. Going to be great to welcome him to our studio.
That's going to be awesome. It was great catching up with him earlier today. He's got some big things planned uh, for this weekend and his coverage. Uh, so we, we always support the guys from Underdog Dynasty shedding some light on Group of Five schools. I think that's the name of their game, uh, which is really cool. I mean, those schools right there in the Group of Fives, they don't get a lot of recognition. So they do a lot of great stuff when it comes to covering all things college football. Yeah, you're 100%. 100% right. So uh, that'll be happening in our 5 o'clock hour. Bill Kuhn from the YMCA in our 6 o'clock hour to talk about the turkey trot. It's that time of year, Adrian. It's turkey trot time. That's another thing that's really exciting. Holidays right around the corner. Thanksgiving uh, next week. Going to be a, a great event out there for the YMCA. And it's always great to bring on Bill Kuhn here with us on the show. It's a tradition we bring on Bill Kuhn. So, yeah, right. That's going to be happening in our 6 o'clock hour today. And if you miss any of today's show, don't worry. It's on demand. You can listen to it whenever you want on any of our platforms. Yesterday's show was epic. The 6 o'clock hour when Lane Frank comes on is always one of my favorite times of the week. And he just gets um, he gets better and better every week. And plus, Jim Paul showing up yesterday in studio to go opposite Lane. Uh, we had a good time. Was, was Lane's stone-cold college lock the LSU game? I think so. I think he, he locked in that LSU game. But just something on the on yesterday's show, for everybody who missed it, it's worth the listen. It's worth the 45 minutes on our podcast channel. It's available wherever you get your podcasts. Just Sports Talk 600 ESPN El Paso. And the way that Lane and Jim Paul go back and forth, the hot takes that are delivered on both ends, it's must-listen to. And it, it's a perfect primer for this uh, upcoming NFL week. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think he loved LSU over UAB, and I think the line for that game right now is, is it 18? Let me see here. No, it's 15. LSU minus 15. I think he, he said lock that in. That is the game of the year. Nice. Okay. He pulled, like the least, he pulled the least Sterling. He's giving us his, his, uh, his, you know, he's giving us his 40, uh, his 50 unit selection for the weekend. That's awesome. I love that. November is already here with Lane Frank as well. Yeah, that's right. That is absolutely right. So anyway, we've got uh, a lot more to talk about on the program today at 505-6009. We've been writing for the website. Adrian's got an article up on the three El Paso area football teams getting ready to play tonight. In fact... um, Games are going to be starting pretty soon, aren't they? Well, how about this? Felix Chavez of the El Paso Times just reported that Kenya Tio's David Alvarado had an interception near halftime. The Kenya Tio Eagles on top of Arlington Heights, fourteen to seven in the five A uh, Division Two, uh, you know, class. To, uh, playoff ranks that's huge right there canyon tio's defense has been great all year long and now they're they're taking that defense on the road this was not expected by the way was it i would say that out of the three teams who left i'm talking pebble hills eastwood and canyon tio knowing how tough those 6a matchups are for both the spartans and the troopers maybe the eagles had the best chance to continue to advance in the playoffs and especially knowing what kind of defense this this group has they shut out amarillo paulo duro last week 28 to nothing maybe this is uh, a little bit more uh, realistic as far as all three matchups this one is more realistic to see if canyon tio could try to pull one off all right good i'm looking forward to that see how that goes and we'll keep an eye on the uh, game and I guess is Felix on location is he yes. actually at the game yes he's at Odessa's Ratliff Stadium and nice. covering this one yep good for Felix all right very good uh and our other two games will be happening at uh, well one starts in about 15 minutes that's Pebble Hills and uh, North Crowley that gets going um and then we've got at six Eastwood and uh, the Byron Nelson Bobcats 
Oh, yeah, that's, that should be really interesting. I mean, first off, on one end with the Eastwood Troopers, uh, really, what a game that they had against San Angelo Central in the by-district round, uh, topping that team 61-49, just an absolute shootout. And now Eastwood has uh, the top, uh, you know, they are a top 25 team in all the state of Texas uh, in, in a school right now in Fort Worth Boswell. They, uh, they're, I mean, excuse me, in Byron Nelson, they beat Fort Worth Boswell last week 54-14, and that Boswell team is pretty good. So that's a worry one for me, uh, but the Troopers have shown that they can hang in with the best of them, and for the Spartans we heard from Mark Torres this week, as long as they play mistake-free football, they, they believe they can hang in this game as well. Good, I like that. I like that a lot. Hey, by the way, here's a good Twitter handle to follow. Sports Aviation on Twitter. What Sports Aviation does is they take flights for games, and they give you the arrival time, the flight, and everything else. So they let us know that FIU will be landing in El Paso at 5.09 Mountain Time tonight on uh, Charter Flight. Uh, I guess it's – I can't tell if it's uh, – I think it's 28286. Uh, uh, so, yeah, it is. It's, uh, they've got the uh, flight number. they got the arrival. they got the map. Whole things so you could track FIU as they come into uh, as they actually come into El Paso. How cool is that? Okay, this is an excellent Twitter account. I'm just learning about this for the first time right now. My question is, do they do coaches as well? Like, do they say, "Hey, Lane Kiffin is headed to Auburn. Here's his flight. Here's the jet." I bet you they do. I bet they do. So you know that's probably the case. By the way, it's an Allegiant A320 charter that they're taking right now. So that's the flight. That's uh, heading over to uh, El Paso. And since the, fl- the plane lands in about 45 minutes, um, you know, it gets in at 5.09. Currently, looks like the plane as we speak is it just to the, it looks like it's just west of the panhandle. There we go. And okay. It's making its way through. I like this. I like the fact that you can you could track every flight like this. This is really cool. Yeah, we see where the plane is and we see everything about it. It's it's, it's kind of neat. So anyway, it's a good good. Uh, if, if Twitter lives, there you go. You could check out uh, Sports Aviation on Twitter. That's a good one to add to the collection as we get started here on the program. All right, Foss is next. Looking forward to what Steve has to say before Eric Henry joins us in studio. We'll do all that right after Charlie, who's back with traffic. It's the hour. UTEP Zay's in the house. Our phone number, 505-6009. Let's go to Victor. He joins us next on the show. Hey, Victor, how are you? Hello, Mr. Stephen Adrian. Hope you guys are having a good Friday afternoon. I'll tell you what, after listening to Charlie Juan talk about burritos and tacos and enchiladas and gorditas, boy, I'll tell you, if I wasn't hungry then, before that, I sure as, I sure as heck am, am hungry now. I believe it. <laughs> I'd be hungry, too. That's good stuff. Oh, boy. Uh, just a couple of really quick questions, Steve. Um, yes. Any word on Aiken and number two? Any word on the possible game on December 3rd? Well, first off, you know, haven't you spoken to Mario? Like, didn't you reach out well, to him? Yeah. No, no, I have. I have. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I have. I have. But things can change in a fraction of an instant. All right. So know. when was the last time you talked to Mario Mocha? Wednesday. Okay, so you spoke to him two days ago. Um, and yeah. then yesterday, Aiken was ruled eligible, correct? I, I don't know. That, I, yes. I, I don't know. I, I haven't heard anything. Yes, Aiken, Aiken is now, Aiken is now, um, he's, his eligibility is good to go. So I'm assuming he's an official he, member. I am assuming okay. he is immediately eligible. 
because oh, good. Um, they did send out the release that uh-huh. – uh, well, actually, wait a minute. I might be wrong on Aiken. No, you know what? I'm thinking about the kid they signed. Uh, oh, not Vincent, Aiken. Vincent? Yeah, no, no, no. The one they – did they sign a top 100 overall player in uh, in college basketball? That's, they did that yesterday, not Aiken. It was the top oh. 100 player. They okay. signed a kid who is a consensus huh. combo guard named, uh, named uh, Darius Carr. And he is okay. a top 100 player. So Ooh. I think he's the second um, He's the second best <clears throat> recruit they've ever signed. So mm-hmm. Aiken, I don't know what's happened yet with Aiken. I'm assuming oh, okay. they haven't gotten him eligible yet because they would have released it. And uh, so he's still in limbo. And as far as the um, rescheduled game, that's coming up soon too, I guess. So, yes. Oh, good. Okay, good deal. Good deal. Yeah. I hope you and, and Adrian have a good Thanksgiving and keep up the good work and uh, go sports talk. So here's the, here's the deal, Victor. I just sent yes, Mario Mocha a text. I told oh, him. Oh, oh, I told. <laughs> I told Mario. I said uh, you're on the phone. You want to know what's going on with Aiken and the uh, okay. rescheduled game. As soon as Mario replies, I will pass that information along to you on the radio. How's that? Uh, you're the best ever, Steve. Thank you. All right, Victor. We'll talk to you later. Take care. Victor's the best. He talks to Mario Mocha on Wednesday and then calls us two days later to see what's up because, you know, he was hoping there would be some breaking news in the last uh, 48 hours. So I was hoping Aiken was eligible too, but apparently not yet. But he did sign that kid. Uh, Carr, uh, UTEP Zace, must be a pretty good one, isn't he? Yep, he's a four-star. I'm, I'm envious of them. Consensus top 100. Second highest recruit they've ever landed. So that's a big deal. All right. Good for Victor. Man, it's a tough. Victor's got a tough, tough, uh, you know, it's a tough go. Chad Middleton just uh, texted into the show that uh, Victor needs a hobby because, you know, he's always wanting to know what's going on. And he mentioned pickleball. Uh, Funny you mentioned pickleball, Chad, because Tuesday in the 6 o'clock hour, we are going to chat with the author of a brand new book about pickleball. That's right. It's that, like the pickleball handbook. Yeah. And we're going to be talking to her about that. That's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, a very unique. Uh, pickleball has actually picked up uh, yes, that recently. There you go. Uh, but because there's been a lot of athletes who've been, um, you know, a- uh, being involved in different uh, events and stuff like that. So that'll be a great segment. Hey, I don't want to name drop, but I'm going to. So when my, uh, one of my, I have a brother that lives here and a brother that lives in uh, California. Uh, Thousand Oaks. So he sends me a picture like two years ago. He's he's out. They play like pickleball during the week. You know what I mean? Like they go out to a to a court and they're in like, you know, pick up pickleball leagues. Who shows up just randomly to just to play pickleball with them? Jamie Foxx. What? Yep. That's amazing. Comes I would in, love to see Jamie Foxx like comes that. in like I mean, just shows up. Gets a you know gets on the court plays takes his turn like everybody else doesn't like no entourage just comes in for a good workout and then he's and then he's done and just that's that's kind of the, the you know that's how big pickleball is right now man that is that is a great story right there I love Jamie Fox and uh, to see him just uh, you know play some pickleball that'd be really cool I agree with you I agree all right listen Gator Richard called him he's got bad timing unfortunately today he called in right at the end of the hour. And Eric Henry is here with us in our Lubingo Oil Changer Studios to begin hour number two. So do me a favor, uh, Gator. Call back. We'll get you on as Sports Talk continues. Eric Henry next in studio. 
Sports Talk continues, 600 ESPN El Paso. Start of hour number two here on Sports Talk. We've got Adrian and UTEP Zay right across the glass at our 600 ESPN El Paso Lubingo Oil Changer Studios. Eric C. Henry making his first trip into our Lubingo Oil Changer Studios. Great to see you. Do we have headphones for you? Do we do we bless you with uh, these? Do they work? Are they? Uh, are they? Let me see if they even. Let's see if you can hear the the show a little bit and tell me if that's good. How, you hear anything at all? Nothing, which is not good. Hang on, I'm gonna fix you up there. See if that works out for you a little bit better. A, you can hear. What do you think? A little better. Got a little bit of music in the background. Oh yeah, so. that's well, we have the music. It's a little, okay. is that yeah, a little rush, okay, a little vintage rush. Okay, okay, so we're good. Lakeside okay. Park. As long as you can hear yourself and hear us, that's all that matters. That's all that matters. Great to see you, and uh, we've had you on the phone for so many years. Great to see you making your second trip uh, this season here in Del Paso. Absolutely appreciate you and Adrian and everyone else. The hospitality here in El Paso has been great. Also, I appreciate you including the pretentious middle initial, the C, because, of course, you know, it's 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 irrelevant if you don't get the C with Eric C. Henry, right? But- it's true. <laughs> and, and here's the way I look at it, okay? If you didn't want the initial... You wouldn't include it sure. in different things. So as long as you're putting it now, I've always called you Eric Henry on the show. I never really said, but uh, you know what? It, you're here. You're face to face. You are. You're Eric C. Henry, not to be confused with Eric B. Henry or Eric D. Henry. And listen, when you have a very generic name like Eric Henry, that is the purpose of the middle initial, right? To differentiate yourself. Makes but sense. it is slightly pretentious, right? Like the Stephen A. Smith. You know what I mean? That's true. <laughs> That's why I'm happy I'm a, I'm a Steve Kaplowitz. He's an Adrian Broadus, so we're, we're okay there. We're I don't know. I, I might have to switch. I might have, I might have to go Adrian A. Broadus now. <laughs> oh, there you go. Is that your, is yeah. that your uh, middle name? Uh... I'm uh, Armando. That's my middle name. Are you really? Yes. I like right. that. All right. That's good stuff. So we can call you uh, the monster, like, our, like, yeah. like, like Mondo Medina. That's right. <laughs> That's good. Um, first off, we spent a little time today at Ellen uh, J's. That's where Adrian decided to take you uh, earlier. And uh, what a place he picked, right? That was that place was packed today. You couldn't find a seat. It's See, always like that. Listen, I mean, I again, when I say the hospitality was incredible, and uh, the big thing for me coming from Florida was trying to get some authentic fare here in El Paso. That yes. was clutch. So I definitely felt that I got that as far as, you know, the chips and queso got the authentic deal, not something coming that, uh, you know, it's reproduced in Florida. So, yeah, good, great atmosphere, great experience over there. And as you mentioned, it was by the time we left, it, people were flying through the door. So absolutely packed. They were. And now the weather's starting to cool off a little bit before tomorrow's game kicks off uh, at 2 o'clock. And, a game that honestly, uh, weather-wise, I'll be on. You know, Eric, I don't know, fifty degrees or so, fifty-two. Um, you know, it's not exactly ideal if you're FIU, but UTEP's not used to playing in fifty-degree weather either. I mean, listen, here's the thing with the Panthers, right? And you could typically say this about a team that's very Florida-heavy, but with the way Mike McIntyre's kind of constructed this team with the 45 new players, you'd be surprised, Steve. You go on the roster, there are, I'd say, a third of the roster that are from the Deep South, your Tennessees, your Carolinas, your Kentuckys. So, you know, maybe for FIU, it might be a bit of an advantage that they're used to this, as you mentioned, UTEP, not used to the 50-degree weather, but you would think coming in that a team that lives in, in Breeze in South Florida wouldn't be used to it. But the roster's got a nice little mix of guys this year. I, I, I don't think they'll break out the sleeves for this game. You don't think so, huh? I'm not. You know, listen, when they played early this year in Charlotte, that was a chilly game. And again, you saw guys, you know, Alex Nobles, a North Carolina transfer, or some Jacob sure. Peace, a VMI transfer. They're doing, you know, trying to do the tough guy act, you know, getting out there, warming up shirtless, you know, yep. no pads. So uh, I think as far as FIU is concerned, they won't be too, you know, intimidated as far as the weather's concerned. Now, it's so interesting you say that because – I've seen Miami play here a couple of times. And every time Miami plays in the uh, Sun Bowl, 
it's cold, and they look miserable. Like, they're not ready to play in 30, 40, or 50-degree weather. They look like they're just, they don't want to be here. And I was wondering if the Panthers are the same way as, as, as the Hurricane. Yeah, I mean, if this team was constructed the way it's been over the past few years with Butch Davis, a team that 80, 85, 90% of the roster hasn't you know, gotten out of Broward County, then yeah. sure, you got a bunch of guys who, you know, anytime it dips below 70, they're out there and, you know, the Burkas and the whole nine. But again, you look at this roster, at least this year's construction of the roster, so many guys that Mike McIntyre brought in this year from other programs who, again, I, it, listen, I'll give you this for an example, Steve. Uh, when you talk to some of the players, and I'd like to ask some of the new guys, you know, what's the thing about Dade County, about South Florida that's so unique you can't make sense of? And 90% of them come back and say the heat. They can't walk around campus. We talked about this in South Florida, the humidity. That's something that they're not used to. So I'd even say for this this year's FIU team, it's a flip where they weren't used to playing in September and October in that 90-degree weather as opposed to what you have now. So they, they'll probably be right at home for this game. That'll Undoubtedly. Undoubtedly. Perfect. Um, and by the way, uh, was the 14-and-a-half a surprise to you when, when that spread first came out and that's what we told that uh, UTEP would be favored in this game? It wasn't a surprise, only in that, listen, you look at both these teams' record at 4-6, and six, and, you know, the lay person might say, like, wow, well, two-touchdown spread, that's pretty surprising. But, and we talked about this earlier today, I think a lot of, you know, the Vegas odds makers were really scared off. When you see that 73-0 to zero early on in the season, sure. that definitely affects the way that the odds makers are affecting the spread. And then, of course, coming off the last two weeks being outscored, what is it, 114-21, to 21, I believe, off the top of my head. So yeah. that certainly played a factor as well. 104 to two. Yeah, because 52, uh, 14, 52 to 7. Good point. Good point. And I mean, you think about it. Yeah, North Texas um, beat UTEP, but Miners uh, took care of FAU and they didn't give up 52 points in the process either. So I understand the rationale there uh, as we uh, we talked to Eric C. Henry about this, this game. Really, the last time uh, FIU got a win was Louisiana, uh, Louisiana Tech 42 34. And before that, they scored 34 points uh, at Charlotte. Why is this team struggling so much over the last two weeks uh, in their games and their losses to both uh, North Texas and FAU? Three things I'll point to, Steve. One, you got to say level of competition, right? Louisiana Tech and Charlotte, no disrespect to both of those teams. We know the Charlotte, you know, they just fired Will Healy, certain going through a certain rebuild of their own. Louisiana Tech, they've played some teams tough. I mean, you look at Sonny Cumbie's program, you know, they've had a chance there. It looks like they're going to miss out on a bowl this year to set their seventh loss. But yeah. they've played some teams tough, but not the same level of competition as FAU, who we all know, despite their record, when they are going all full cylinders hitting, you know, full cylinder going circle, uh, it's been tough. It's it, it, They're a much better team in their record shows. And even same with North Texas. I think that's a big thing. So there's one. The second thing, first down has been abysmal for this team over the past two weeks. Against North Texas, averaging 2.5 yards on first down. Against FAU, 3.4 yards. You contrast that with Charlotte and Louisiana Tech, much more success in the early downs. And the last thing, Steve, I'll give it to you quick, is the defense. I mean, of course, when your team is going three and out consistently, as FIU has, you're not helping out your defense. Yeah. But a defense that's been, you know, it's been an adjustment between Mike McIntyre's 3-4 and Javon DeWitt, what he's trying to do as defensive coordinator. You've seen a bit of a regression back to the way they played earlier this year, busted coverages and guys not looking like they know where to go. So they'll have to simplify things a little bit, clean that up on Saturday. Makes sense. When it comes to Florida International, Eric, we talked about uh, the UTEP run game in some of the articles that we wrote on our website. Uh, for, for Florida International, how do they hope to try to contain this UTEP rushing attack and what they could present tomorrow? Adrian, the big thing's going to be as far as the linebacking core. You look at Donovan Manuel, a kid who came up, another one of those guys that I mentioned not from Florida, uh, native of Atlanta, spent his first three years at Eastern 
Western Tennessee State was an FCS All-American. He is uh, second on the team in tackles right there in the 70 mark. And then you look at a kid like Gaethan Bernadelle, who is a Miami kid and has been a standout performer. Those are the two inside linebackers in the 3-4 scheme. Those guys, and they're not, really quick guys, they're not just making plays at the second level, you know, racking up all those tackles, you know, four or five yards behind the line of scrimmage, up the line of scrimmage. They absolutely are making plays behind the line of scrimmage or at the line of scrimmage. So that's going to be the key. And then also on that defensive line, it's been a bit of adjustment as, again, with the 3-4, Devon Strickland, who was one of the better defensive tackles in Conference USA last year, it's been a struggle for him adjusting to nose guard, which is such a different position than that three technique at defensive tackle, Adrian. So it's going to come down to really those three guys in particular are going to have to you know kind of foot the bill and stop in the run. If you want to read uh, Eric C. Henry's game preview, it's up at underdogdynasty.com right now. He's got it. And if you follow Eric on Twitter... Uh, you can link right to it. That's probably the easiest way to go, folks. All you have to do uh, is is give Eric a follow. And, and again, Eric C. Henry uh, underscore on Twitter. By the way, was there an Eric C. Henry that was actually without the underscore? Is that why you had to throw the underscore out there? You would be surprised, Steve. Uh, I tried to make that Twitter account. It actually was in grad school when I initially made that Twitter account, and I could not get away with the Eric C. Henry. I'd go underscore. Wow. Okay. Well, listen, you have the underscore on there. That's good. Eric C. Henry underscore, and you'll get the link right to uh, this game preview. So here's what's interesting, okay? These two teams have the exact same records. They're both 4-6. and six. They're both two and four in Conference USA. They're both still alive in a bowl game. And actually, the Panthers have a better go in the final week than the Miners do. I mean, if FIU leaves El Paso tomorrow with a win, all they have to do is beat Middle Tennessee at home and they qualify at six and six. If UTEP wins tomorrow, they got to go to San Antonio and and beat the best team in this conference, which will not be an easy task by any stretch in UTSA. So if you really look at these two teams, despite the last two weeks, the Panthers are the same record as UTEP, and they actually have an easier chance to get to a bowl uh, than the Miners do. Yeah, and uh, you say the Panthers and the Miners have the same record. Of course, you know, on paper that is facts. Now, of course, I would look at the way both of those teams arrived at that 4-6. and six. Sure. A little bit stiffer competition for UTEP, but your point still remains, Steve. If FIU is able to get out of El Paso with a win, then yeah, Middle Tennessee's been a game that while they've certainly have had the Panthers' number over the past four or five years, it's not the same Middle Tennessee team that we've seen, at least uh, to me, it appears that way, that they're very vulnerable. You know, um, Chase Cunningham is banged up. Looks like they're going to start Nick Vadiato a local kid from Plantation, Florida, Fort Lauderdale. He's going to have to start the rest of the way for Middle Tennessee State. So, yeah, there definitely are opportunities as far as, you know, FIU, if they can get past UTEP. But, again, that's a big if. Trust me when I tell you the Miners wish Cunningham was banged up when they played because he absolutely killed that UTEP defense all game. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I just wanted to chime in here, Erica. As far as as far as uh, you know, the the competition. One of the things that Dana Dimmel has told us. I mean, you reeled it off right there, but th- there's just so much parity across Conference USA this year, for better or for worse. Maybe it's teams catching other opponents on the wrong week. How, how can you describe the parity that you've seen across this league so far, Adrian? Don't you feel it's just a byproduct of G five football in a sense? I yeah, mean, you know, you true. look at outside of you know the American. This will be a cheap plug for my alma mater in UCF, which is seemingly having a good year. But you know. 
know, outside of that, you, you can look at the Sun Belt, for example, a league that we thought, you know, Coastal Carolina and your Louisianas and Marshalls and App States were going to be the t- cream of the crop. Then we see Troy pop up, and they're having a great year. So it's the same thing as far as Conference USA is concerned. I feel like in Conference USA, now, of course, we're going to a new incarnation of that in, you know, the, the upcoming uh, league year. Right. But I feel like each year you can kind of build in an account for one team, one or two teams that's going to surprise you a little bit. A handful of upsets, you know, a, a team where you look at, like, for example, you know, Rice beat someone this year. Or excuse me, Louisiana Tech beat someone this year that I was not calling in terms of the spread. It, it might even been UTEP, if memory serves me correct. But just going through and looking through the schedule, you can build those things in. I think that's just a byproduct of group of five football. Yeah, you're right. And, and that's the thing. Sometimes you'll get these games that, you know, you're, you're hard. it's hard to at least explain where it went. No, you know what? Uh, Louisiana Tech beat Middle Tennessee. 40-24. That was probably the game you're talking about because that was a game nobody expected. And they did beat uh, UTEP also 41-31. So if you think about it, their two wins were games that nobody would have expected them to come out on top. Undoubtedly. And again, if you take a look at that Louisiana Tech schedule, they played some Power 5 teams this year, teams that realistically in their first year at Sunny Cumbie, they had no real chance of playing well, no real chance of winning. But again, yeah. that's what I'm talking about with Conference USA. And again, with just Group of 5 football. The, the, and when you talk about the parity, this is the thing, and I think especially with college football at this level, it is hard to get your guys engaged week in, week out, get them up to play football to play to the best of their capabilities. So I think, again, at the Group of 5 level, that's where you see some of that parity. You can just, you can almost account for each year one or two teams that you weren't expecting are going to rise to the cream of the crop or at least be bowl eligible makes sense eric c henry with us in our uh, lubingo oil changer studios Five fifteen. now the time let's get to charlie one with traffic we'll come back more with eric and your calls your tweets as we continue sports talk and 600 espn el paso Welcome back. Sports Talk continues. Eric C. Henry with us from Underdog Dynasty. Our friends at uh, X-1, by the way, the music you're listening to. Uh, I'm hearing they've got a new single they're working on. Excited about that. Get a chance to play that, too, as soon as it's ready. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Mario Mocha uh, with a response to Victor, who called in last hour for New Mexico State. Uh, No news on Aiken according to Mario, and he also hopes to know by Monday, end of business, if the uh, rescheduled football game in December will happen or not. So we'll see. So there's your update from the source. So, Victor, nothing has changed since you spoke to Mario on Wednesday, all right? Today is Friday. Nothing has changed. And as uh, Chad suggested, maybe Victor needs a new hobby. Maybe it's pickleball. Could be. Or something. That would not be a bad idea. Uh, as we continue right now, you can follow Eric on Twitter at Eric C. Henry underscore. Check out his game preview, by the way. He did a terrific job uh, for FIU and UTEP. Does it for every FIU game. And, and he's right. Even though these teams are 4-6 and six and 2-4 and four in Conference USA, uh, it has been a much different season for the Miners than it has been uh, for FIU in terms of week-to-week games. I mean, UTEP has been competitive in just about all their games FIU has not, and that's just uh, that's just the facts. Yeah, and the thing with the Panthers, again, is when they've been competitive, they've won. When they have not, 
it's just been a blowout. You can even look back. I will say this, you know, Stephen, this might surprise you. I think the best game that they played this year that was not a win was the UTSA game because you look at a veteran UTSA team, Frank Harris, one of the most dynamic dual threats in all of, you know, football, all of college football. Rashad Wisdom, one of the better defensive backs in all of college football. And that was a line that I believe the line was set at something like 38 points. And the fact that FIU held that team to 10 points at halftime, only lost 30 to 10, that probably was their most impressive performance in a loss. But outside of that, it's been very lopsided. Do you think UTSA just figured they could show up and win without even having to play? Well, I know UTSA coming into that game was banged up, especially on the offensive line, and this is just what it felt to me. Now, of course, I didn't talk to Jeff Trailer postgame. I went to FIU's presser, but it yeah. felt to me like they were very vanilla. I'm just being honest with you. It felt like not necessarily that the attitude of the players or coaches will just show up and win. Makes sense. But it didn't feel like, you know, there was this onslaught. Like, when you watch them play Western Kentucky, you see, you know, all types of offense. It, it just felt like, all right, we got a base package. We're going to do what we can to get out of here with the win. So maybe not cognizantly like, hey, we're just going to show up and roll over, but it's what they did. Tell me about Grayson James and what to expect tomorrow from the FIU quarterback. Grayson James, that's a kid who I was talking with Adrian Earl today over breakfast. You kind of wonder how he got out of the state of Texas. Steve, when you see him on the field tomorrow, he is every bit of 6'3", 230 pounds. A big, strong, athletic Texas quarterback out of the uh, Dallas suburbs. And the thing with Grayson last year is if you ask Former FIU quarterback coach Bryn Renner, you know, former you know North Carolina cornerback, uh, spent some time in the NFL. He, he said that Grayson could have come in and started day one. It just was a matter of you know Max Bordenschlager was the veteran, and that's why Grayson sat. But he didn't win the job out of camp, and I think that's just the environment of the transfer portal. You're going to give your transfer quarterback every shot. Duke star, former Duke starter Gunnar Holmberg did start week one, but he was knocked out with concussion. Grayson James has started at, at the entire way since. And listen, when I talk about him again, big athletic strong arm, uh, someone who I think the biggest knock on Grayson right now is he's a very composed kid, but the offense is one that they're just asking him to get the ball out of his hands quickly. And then when things blow up in front of him, in front of the offensive line, you almost feel like, hey, that first read isn't there. Where do I go? As opposed to when he has time, you see him with the progressions. You see this is a kid who's played quarterback since he was eight, nine years old. But it's just getting the reps. And that's what you can say about a lot of this team, the offense and defense. But I know we'll talk about the offense here a little bit. Just a very young team that's still gelling. Uh, go ahead, Adrian. Yeah, I was just going to follow up real quick. Uh, with uh, w- with their quarterback and in, in just what you were talking about, uh, Dana Dimmel talked earlier this week about how they were trying to recruit him before he committed to FIU. UTEP's got a, a secondary that's kind of patched together with guys Maybe some had had dealt with injuries, or some had are, are playing this year for the first time ever. Is that that um, key to success for FIU trying to pick apart that UTEP secondary? The key for FIU, and this isn't you know to kind of poo poo on the, on that question, Adrian, because it's a fair point. But the key for FIU, everything starts on first down. Now, Mike McIntyre correctly he was correct in correcting me because I asked him in specificity about the run last week. He said, "Hey." I don't care if it's the run or if it's a short passing game. We just have to do better there. Adrian, to your point, they're not going to be able to pick apart that secondary if they're consistently in third and eight, third and nine, third and ten, and longer, which has been the case for them in their losses. Now, with that being said, if they are able to execute in those early downs, Tyrese Chambers, certainly, you know, a Belitnikoff award watchlist player, one of the more dynamic receivers amongst a group of five ranks, and then they got a kid, Chris Mitchell, who was a burner, a legit 4-2 guy on the outside. So they do have guys who can make those plays, but everything starts on the early downs. If they can't get it done there, it'll be a mute point. Can they run the ball? No. 
Okay, there <laughs> you go. They well, can't well, run. well okay. I'll elaborate a little bit, Steve. Uh, they have talented backs. You know, Flex, uh, Lexington Flex Joseph's nickname is Flex. Uh, kid out of Miami Central. They have a long, you know, it goes back to Dalvin Cook and Devontae Freeman, a long lineage of running backs coming out of that high school. He's one of the better all-purpose guys in Conference USA. But, again, there's a reason why they are last in rushing, last in rushing yards per game, last in rushing yards per attempt. It's just a matter of that offensive line. And, and I, I hate to pick on them so much, but the fact of the matter is, Steve, you know this. When you got a true freshman who started at left guard his opening game and then has to play center the next game, that's not easy. No. It's been very much a, a, a you know, piece, Like a makeshift, makeshift um, offensive um, line. The entire way. And not only just makeshift, you got a Jacob Peace who's going up from VMI to now the FCS level. They got a kid in uh, Philip Houston came from the JUCO level, a kid Sam Hill. I don't know if you guys knew this. There are two levels of NAIA football. He was at the second level of NAIA football trying to make the jump up. So all those kids are doing the best they can, but this is truly a learning and growing experience for that O-line. So when they won and played well, how did they get it done? They just clicked with the passing game? Everything started, A, with the passing game. It, well, I'll take you through step by step. So New Mexico State, they made a, cogniz- a conscious effort to use Grayson James in the running game. Again, 6'3", 230, they needed that extra hat, that extra blocker to kind of account for those guys and help support the offensive line. That's what worked against New Mexico State. Then you, you fast forward to Charlotte, that defense got out to a heck of a start. Sean Peterson Jr., one of the top edge rushers in Conference USA, they played fast, played quick, uh, sent Charlotte to a bunch of three and outs that FIU took advantage of short field. Sure. And, then, and then against Louisiana Tech, that was strictly the passing game. The running game, I think they rushed for something like 40-something yards that game. That was strictly Grayson James clicking the short passing game underneath swing passes, then it opened up things downfield for Tyrese Chambers and others. Now look, I was at the uh, New Mexico State game, as you were that night, and that was a bad offensive performance for both teams. It's just that FIU was the better of the two teams, as simple as that, because they only had a handful of scoring drives, but they were able to play defense on New Mexico State, which really, that was the story to me, was how the Panthers defensively completely shut NMSU down. And it's almost interesting, Steve, it's ironic. I would wonder if we played that game now, which, you know, you can only do that hindsight game so much, but, you know, between Diego Pavia and and, and the kid Gavin Frakes out there, it it seems like they have things clicking a little bit more now, you know, this part of the season. Much more. You wonder what would happen if you play that game now, but you hit the nail on the head. It's just FIU, they got those two early drives that put up 14 points. No scoring in the second half, but the Panthers were able to make enough stops and get a win. That's a good point. Good point. Um, All right, this came in on Twitter a little while ago. Pater Pete. Needs a pick with Eric C. Henry from Cesar Cubillos. Hope to see him at the game tomorrow. Great analysis. FIU does seem to have the easier path versus Middle Tennessee at home. If they get past UTEP tomorrow, see you tomorrow at the Sun Bowl. Coming from our pal at Ice Cubillos, who uh, tagged you on Twitter. Oh, man, I appreciate that. You know, again, some of that hospitality. I didn't realize my guy Utep Zay works over here, man. I see him on Twitter all the time. Now all of a sudden he's behind the glass. So yes. it's, a, it's a learning experience, right? <laughs> it's beautiful. It's what we do. We, we, we have the best internships you could imagine. It works for us. It really does. All right, Adrian's going to have Sports Center in a minute. But before we do, it's time for another physical athletics fitness tip of the day. Adrian, you've got the big one coming up in less than two months. You're getting up at 5 in the morning. You're Ugh. working out three days a week. Uh, you're feeling the difference. 
What kind of advice can you give to everybody today? Yeah, thank you so much, Steve. Let's uh, go over and give some advice to parents. This is a tip for you. One of the biggest myths out there is that weight training stunts your growth. That's false according to physical athletics. And as a matter of fact, training at a young age helps build coordination and strength in young athletes. If you've got a young athlete and you're unsure about the right age to start training, physical athletics reminds you that it's never too early to start. The best part about physical athletics is that they customize everything specifically specific to you. Before I got started, they assessed my fitness level and they developed a workout plan specific for me. I could track my progress on an app and that gives me workout plans and daily reminders. It's never too late to start your fitness journey. Forget a New Year's resolution. Start your fitness journey today with Physical Athletics with two locations on the far east side out of Joe Battle and Eastlake. You can get a free one-week trial and see why I talk about them all the time. All you have to do is either call or text 915-996-4476. That's 915 915- 996-4476 to get started today with physical athletics. A dramatic uh, potential win. I'm assuming the Kenya Teal game is over. It is yes. over. 21-14, the final score. Congratulations to Kenya Teal for winning area and advancing now to the third round of the uh, state playoffs. Uh, that is huge news in itself. And, uh, man, that's... Uh, that's uh, what it's all about, really. I'm looking at the last play of the game. Let's hear the audio. There it is. Game is over. And Kentia celebrating with their win. 21-14 to an area. Congratulations to Scott Brooks and company. It's a great way for El Paso to start off area round. Yeah, I'm so happy, so proud for the KTO Eagles. I mean, their defense has been great all season long. And look what their defense did today. A couple different turnovers on downs inside KTO territory. Eagles defense is just elite. They uh, they forced an interception early into this contest, and they hang on. It was a 14-14 tie, and uh, KTO, it was a bad punt by Arlington Heights at uh, their own 21-yard line. KTO ends up punching it in from three yards out thanks to their quarterback uh, Jeremiah Knox so what a great what a great win how's the Pebble Hills game right now 14-7 right now Pebble Hills just scored they were down 14-0 second quarter action late in that one of the class 6a d1 area playoffs Eric how big is uh, the state playoffs in Florida high school football like we have it here in El Paso you know what's crazy is that for all of the talent that Florida puts out in terms of college you know at d1 athletes the state playoffs, if you have your perennial powerhouses, they're into it. But for the most part, it's very dull. And that's, wow. it's, 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 yeah, Adrian, it's, it's kind of sad, you know what I mean? Because you look at the environment here in Texas. I mean, it's we know huge. what high school football is here. But in Florida, if it's not your true traditional powerhouses, your, your you know, private schools or your Miami Centrals, Miami Northwesterns and things like that, it's like, all right, it's another game. And you'll see 500 people there and that's it. Okay. Well, we're going to have hopefully more than uh, 500 tomorrow at the Sun Bowl for the UTEP-FIU game on uh, on Senior Day. We are praying for that. Uh, we talked about the offense earlier. What about FIU defensively? Are they going to be a team that's going to put a lot of pressure on UTEP? Are they a blitz-oriented team? And how are they against the run? Because that is probably a big dose of what they're going to see tomorrow. Well, I'll start with the run defense. It's been very much hit or miss. When they've been good, they've been good. But when they've given up yardage, they've looked like the program over the past four 
four years, no program in Conference USA has allowed more yards on the ground than FIU. Now, of course, with the amount of turnover on this roster, you can't attribute that to this year's club still growing. I think the big thing, Steve, is that 3-4 scheme. It's such a different scheme that you really have to recruit for for a couple years. Your defense ends have got to be bigger. Again, I talked about Davon Strickland at nose guard. You know, he's, a, he's an excellent player, but he's not a traditional nose guard, you know, that, 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 that three technique. So that's certainly something to keep an eye on. That's put a lot of pressure on those linebackers, which they have responded well, those inside linebackers I mentioned earlier, but that's the key there. And then looking at their defense as a whole, as far as do they blitz and bring pressure, they will blitz, I would say, you know, about average. I mean, they don't blitz more than the average, uh, you know, a college football team. Again, a team in the 3-4. It's not your dad's 3-4, right? It's not that 3-4 where you got three down linemen and then you got a couple blitzes from the outside. You always are going to see that fourth rusher declare. Normally that guy is Sean Peterson Jr. or DJ Kinsler or Syracuse transfer. So it'll be a four-man rush, just three guys who are down. And then the big thing as far as pressure, it's been inconsistent, Steve. You know, they'll get it for a drive or two, but can they truly sustain it for four quarters? They have yet to do that this year. As far as the strength of the defense, is it the defensive backfield? Would you say it's the it's the line? Where are they? Where are they? Uh, like deepest as far, and, and best on on the D. I'll name four guys as far as the strength. The strength is definitely those two linebackers I mentioned. Up the middle, that's where they get the most plays as far as guys making plays at the line of scrimmage and then really kind of tracking down that quarterback, whether it's a scrambler. Maybe we could see, you know, Calvin Bronat, Brownell Smar. We'll see. Those guys will definitely be accountable for that. And then the secondary, it's still a growing secondary, as I mentioned. You know, busted coverages against North Texas, still things they're learning and growing. But keep an eye. Steve, on Demetrius Hill. He's someone who uh, is third on the team in tackles, is 70. And again, it's not your safety who's making you know 10 tackles, 10 yards up the field. He's a guy who can make plays at the line of scrimmage. Tends to remind FIU fans of Jonathan Cyprian, the former you know, 9-10 year NFL vet who played for the Panthers back in the early 2000s. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. I, I feel like uh, Adrian, again, it really this one, I think this one depends more on UTEP than it does FIU. If the Miners come out ready to play, and they and they get going early. This game could get ugly fast. But if UTEP sputters out of the gate, turns the ball over a little bit, doesn't do anything on the offensive side, this has a chance to be a pretty interesting game. Yeah, I, I even uh, look back at the Florida Atlantic game, and, and it's so easy to just say, hey, travel means a lot. But you look at FIU. They lost the game out in Texas State. They lost the game out in North Texas. Uh, I, we asked the travel question to you last time, Eric, but um, you know, I'll ask it again. Do you think travel will have anything to do with tomorrow? Because, hey, UTEP could shoot themselves in the foot, but maybe uh, the travel is a lot for this team in FIU. You know what? It's interesting, Adrian. You talk about the North Texas game now they had an eventful travel weekend if for anyone who knows i was there a day early in the dallas area they had tornadoes so when fiu came in to dallas they couldn't get straight there they had to stay in austin for something like four or five hours circled around for a little bit and then eventually got back up they didn't make it to dfw till something like 10 that night as much as mike mcintyre won't say was a reason you think with a team that's so young that plays a factor or breaks up your routine. So you got to think about that there. And then, of course, they got the win at New Mexico State. So they have made the travel out here and played well. But I do think it'll be a factor. You know, they've gotten wins on the road at Charlotte. But, <laughs> excuse me, no one's going to tell me that an FIU team, sorry about that cough, no one's going to tell me that an FIU team that's that young has to come out to El Paso, do it again. That's going to play a factor in my mind. I hear you. We'll wrap it up with Eric next. We'll ask him about the new media deal. I want to get Eric C. Henry's take on the media deal. And again, if you want to follow him on Twitter and get the link to the game preview, Eric C. Henry underscore on Twitter. Back uh, as Sports Talk continues right here. 600 
ESPN El Paso. All right, 47 pass. Bill Kuhn coming up from the YMCA of El Paso. Still to come. Eric C. Henry has been great today. He's given us an hour of his time. We appreciate that. And uh, now we're going to talk about this uh, CUSA media deal. Although we should mention that UTEP and Adidas today announced their five-year partnership, Adrian, that takes effect next year, which means uh, if you're in the bookstore and you ever wanted Nike gear, you might get Nike gear cheaper than ever you've ever dreamed of once the school completely transitions over to Adidas. Yeah, we may, we uh, talked about this when uh, Colin Deaver of KTSM first broke it, and I, I think uh, we were, well, at least I was. I was a little down on it. Uh, Eric, are you a checks over stripes guy, or are you a stripes over checks guy? What, what, where are you at? Where do you stand here? I am a checks over stripes guy, but with that being said, listen, you can't, I feel like you, both, both brands, Fans make solid apparel, but if you're asking me personally, yeah, that's where it is. UTEP's been an Adidas school before. UTEP was an Adidas school back in like the early 2000s. Then Mike Price showed up, and they became a Nike school. And they were a Nike school really ever since. I had like an, I think it was like an 18-year run with Nike because Mike got here in 04, and that's when they switched. Before that, they were Adidas. Well, I mean, it's funny, Steve. We were talking about this a little bit off air, right? You know, and that almost in today's day and age, you can't really go wrong. I'm sure maybe there's some financial incentive and financial kind of, you know, uh, nuances as far as those deals. But you can't really go wrong at the, today's day and age, right? I mean, no, you can't. Yeah. Well, I mean, as long as you're part of the big three, right? Because okay. Under Armour is the third. Right. That makes the most. Uh, that makes the most sense. UTEP, what do you? What do you? You UTEP, got a smile well, on your face. What kind of like, smile you? Yeah, do? I think you imagine UTEP announced like they had a partnership with Rydell or something like that, and it's like or Russell Athletics or something right. like that. You know, they struck a deal with them or Champion. Yeah. Where you can find a target. Yeah. There you yeah, go. that'd be awesome, man. <laughs> I would love that. Um, all right. Well, listen. Congratulations to UTEP and Adidas. Chad's uh, Chad Middleton's going to be happy. He's going to feel like it's like the greatest day ever. He'll probably be, he'll be rocking the UTEP gear from now on. You know that, right? That's very true. Yeah. There's uh, there are a lot of people who love Adidas, and, and oh, yeah. they will they will swear by it. So hey, I, I mean, for those people, they're going to be excited. I would say this. I'd I'd say swoosh and Nike. That probably skews younger. So I, I'd be a little worried, you know, when it comes to the student athletes and their excitement over this. Well, and that's going to be the issue. You better find a couple of big name Adidas stars and start uh, getting them to uh, endorse, and that way you can you can you know let them know, hey. This guy's wearing it. You're going to be okay. That's, so. I was going to say, that certainly is a fact. It's a great point by Adrian because off the top of my head, I don't know if you guys can think of anybody else. Damian Lillard, probably, you know. The, the, is that the number one Adidas the, uh, basketball player? I think so. I think right. that's about it. So right. you're going to have to hope that there's like, well, Sule Boom had a connection with Damian Lillard, but uh, that's long gone. So uh, that would be the only thing I could think of. Who are the um, Adidas uh, football endorsers? Do we know about that one? I know. Isn't Aaron Jones Adidas? Yeah, Aaron Jones is Adidas. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, Vaughn Miller, Kendall Wright, Alvin Kamara, uh, Patrick Mahomes, DeAndre Hopkins, Aaron Jones. That's a good list for Adidas. That's a solid list. Yeah, and Adidas makes good cleats. So for football, maybe maybe it makes a little bit more sense. Uh, for basketball, I think it's a little tougher. I think well, it's a tougher sell. James Harden is uh, is also Adidas. So you, I don't know. You getting excited about those James Harden shoes? The beard? That'd be great. That's I don't like those James Harden shoes. No? Nah. Have you worn them? No, you tried them on. No, I've ne- I've still. tried on the the Dame's the Damian Lillard shoes. Those okay. are pretty nice. Well, listen, I've got I still have a pair of Air Jordan twelves that I've that I've had for like twenty five years, and I've never worn them outside. They're only indoor use. They've still held up. They're still good, and they're classics. 
And if you try to buy them new right now, they probably cost you over a grand. So I'm happy I've got an original pair of uh, Jordans. That's okay. good. Good stuff. All right, uh, media deal. Give me your thoughts, reaction to what uh, CUSA did uh, what last week. Pleasantly surprised was the reaction when I saw that media deal. I saw, and I don't know how it is how in, in El Paso, but I'll kind of give you some of the Miami perspective. It, there has been a, you know, kind of a feeling of like, all right, you know, we're going to lose out on two home games a year in the sense that they're midweek for someone who lives in Miami working for a lot of or vice versa. Yeah. It's a little harder to get to the game, but I don't think that's the issue, right? I just think from a general conference perspective. You're going to have to brand this new version of Conference USA. People need to know that Jacksonville State is going to be a part of this league, that Kennesaw State is going to be a part of this league. People know Liberty. That is a brand. I don't know how you feel about Liberty. It's still a brand. But these new teams, New Mexico State, they need to know where they are and that they are a part of Conference USA. So I can't think of any better branding than getting that national deal for whether it's, it's the month of October. That's a start. It's something way better than I expected. Well, I'll say this. 800,000 is more than I ever thought they would get. And I know it's still not compared to what the other uh, mid-majors are getting. But look, this previous media deal paid like $400,000 per year to these teams. That's a joke. Peanuts. That's, yes. that, that, that's peanuts in today's day and age. When you go look at the American, who those teams who are leaving, leaving for what, five, six times what they were getting before? That, that's, that's right. That's peanuts. That un- is peanuts. So 800000 with the teams coming in. That's like pulling a rabbit out of your hat if you're Conference USA. Yeah, I mean, I've talked to Athletic Director Scott Carr, and I haven't talked to him since the deal was announced. I'll talk to him tomorrow and, you know, get some on the record. But we talked about the deal before, and he's just saying, hey, listen, if you got something, I'll take it. So imagine these schools, you're essentially doubling what they had before. While it's not great, it's still double what you had prior. And you're finally ending CUSA TV. Let that die uh, as quick a death as possible because any – conference subscription-based service that's more expensive than ESPN Plus to buy is a joke. So the fact that those games are all moving now to ESPN's platforms with either ESPN Plus or ESPN3, that's where they should be anyway. That's where they've always should have been. And what was the purpose? I mean, I I get it in theory, but it never seemed like anything that... I see other conferences that have similar. First off, they weren't charging more than ESPN Plus. But with that being said, the well, way those other conferences executed them was way better than whatever CUSA TV was supposed to be. Mountain West is free. Right, Mountain right, Network right, is free. Right. Listen, I have no problem with CUSA TV. Make it a free platform. Sure. If you're going to connect to the video board of every game and listen to a radio broadcast that's synced with the video board, make it free sure. for fans. Don't make them have to shell out ten bucks, eleven bucks a month. No, uh, uh, listen, you hit the nail on the head there as far as, and that's what I was trying to get at, Steve, is that the yeah. quality never felt like anything that I should be paying for in the first place. Exactly. Exactly. All right, listen, the hour has flown by. You have been terrific. What do you got going up at uh, at uh, Underdog Dynasty here after the game tomorrow? Oh, man, thank you guys for having me on as always. First off, you can find me on Twitter at Eric C. Henry underscore, as you mentioned. Find all my Conference USA coverage, SB Nation, uh, underdogdynasty.com. What are we working on? A lot of FCS coverage. You know, hey, going to the FCS playoffs, just published an interview with Big Sky Conference Commissioner Tom Witzel with the fact that they've got game day heading to Montana State. Oh, that's State. huge. So, that's right. So that's going up. You know, we've got some features on heavy FCS. Uh, FCS uh, schools definitely got a feature coming up on UCF, you know, and that's again cheap plug from alma mater. But the fact of the matter is, they are in line to make another New Year's Six bowl game, so we're sending some people out there. And of course, last but not least, Conference USA. As we get into conference title game, we're going to be sending our reporters out to each conference. Good. Listen, great to have you. Make sure Adrian gives you a good dinner recommendation for tonight. All right. Most definitely. Eric C. Henry with us in our studios. We'll talk to Bill Kuhn next. Talk about the Turkey Trot, the YMCA of El Paso, as we continue. 
Um, we've got uh, a lot to talk about with our pal Bill Kuhn from the YMCA of El Paso, who's going to be uh, joining us momentarily. However, we want to give you an opportunity right now to go this weekend to Los Artistas. Now, this is big, folks. It's the Los Artistas Art and Fine Craft Show this weekend happening at Epic Rail Yard. In fact, we are going to give away pairs of tickets to our first three callers. These are $20 values for each pair of tickets. We're talking over 100 artists of all calibers and price ranges, including UTEP students. Hal Marcus will also be there painting live. So this is very, very cool. It's the second annual Los Artistas Art and Fine Craft Show happening again tomorrow and Sunday at Epic Rail Yard. Tickets, 10 bucks each. But if you want to go, Give us a call right now, 505-6009. First three callers, get the tickets, and we will tell you exactly how you can get them when you call in. It is simple as that, 505-6009, and all of a sudden, you are good to go for the Los Artistas uh, Fine Art Show uh, and craft show this weekend out at Epic Rail Yard. All right. So excited about that. Thank you very much. And uh, hey, 505-6009, you're a winner. By the way, uh, next Thursday, one of the great traditions uh, in El Paso, and that is the turkey trot. So excited when this man comes back with us bearing gifts. <laughs> he is Bill Coon, CEO of the YMCA of El Paso. Great to see you, my friend. Thanks for dropping in on us today. How are you? Fine, Steve. How are you, man? Nice, cool evening tonight. It's perfect weather outside right now, actually. I like it. It's a a little brisk, but hey, you know what? It's El Paso in mid-November. I mean... It's not bad for mid-November. You know, it's not Buffalo that has foot of snow. Yeah, exactly. They're going to get four to to six feet of snow. Feet of snow. So, you know, you can't beat the weather here. And Thursday morning, you know, I've been watching the forecast It'll be in the low 30s. That day, it'll be up in the 50s to low 60s. It's going to be a beautiful El Paso day. Oh, that's perfect. That is absolutely perfect. And again, um, you know, the the turkey trot is one of the great traditions that has been going on, it seems like, forever. 46 years. Oh, that's amazing. And uh, 46th annual. um, And again, uh, you know, you look at what you have. You've got the 5K run. You've got the one-mile fun walk. It starts at 7.15 on Thanksgiving. And these are people that, you know what, they want to get up early. They want to be a part of this. There is pride that goes into being in the turkey trot. Absolutely. But it's not only the pride and the runners and the competition, but this is a family event. Families will come in. I've seen families up to 15 family members. All the families come into town for Thanksgiving, and this is how they start their Thanksgiving morning. We'll have kids in strollers, dogs, People running, walking, having just having fun. Dinosaurs were out there last year. Are you serious? Yeah, we had a couple of dinosaurs. Oh, that's around. great. That is absolutely great. And by the way, um, you have until um, about eleven o'clock or eleven, like almost midnight tonight, to get in on the uh, on the price because it increases after today. It so, does. And if you want to register online, you got to do it tonight. Yep, absolutely. And after tonight, it's only you got to find me. To register because that's it's it's a traveling show after that. 
So do we? Is there is there an app you can download on your phone called Find Bill Coon? No, is that uh, like you find your iPhone? We can do that. That would be great. Not or Find Waldo. Neither one of them work. So all right. Well, we you try. know, tomorrow uh, from ten to four, we have packet pickup, and we'll do registration at the Westside Family YMCA. Excellent. Seventy one forty five North Mesa. Ten to four. Come over and register. It's it's up five bucks tomorrow, uh, and then. Okay, Next so, week, Monday through Wednesday, it'll be at my corporate office at 810 Wyoming. So so the point is this. If you don't get in today and you go tomorrow, can you actually register during race packet pickup tomorrow at the yes, West Side Wyoming? you can. It's just going to cost you an extra five bucks. Extra five dollars. Well, you know what? Hey, let's, let's put it this way. If you don't get online and do it tonight... It's an extra five bucks. It's it's like you're giving you know a donation to the YMCA. That's the best way to put well, it. Well, and it is a donation. We Absolutely. gave a hundred ninety five thousand dollars worth of financial assistance last year to over forty four hundred El Pasoans. That's huge, Bill. Huge, and that's what this turkey trot does. It provides financial assistance to after school programs, for uh, day camp or Thanksgiving camp because kids are out next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also for those families that may not be able to afford the YMCA but need that financial assistance. I love that. And, and again, um, if you've never done the Turkey Trot, um, let's talk also about the course. Because this course is right where you're going to see the um, Glacine Valles Enderman Sun Bowl uh, Parade. So for most part, yes, it is. So the court, you know, it's right along the parade route. We start at the corner of uh, St. Varane in Montana. Yep. Right there at First Baptist Church area. Uh, that's where it starts. And we'll go all the way down Montana to Williams. Then we have where to. Where is Williams, by the way? There, there's a, ple- or a fire station right there on the corner of Williams and Montana. Okay. A little, little old fire station that's still active. That's awesome. Take a left there, go up to Rio Grande, take a right on Rio Grande. Rio Grande turns into Grant. Um, that's just the way El Paso roads are. And you go to Rosedale, turn around and do the route back. That's that's the 5K. That's the 5K, and you walk up to Cotton and back, and that's the 1K. Fun walk. Okay, so that's so you go from St. Vrain to Cotton and just come right back. That's right. That's easy enough. That, that's easy. And, you know, the reason why we do not stay on, on Montana is right past Cotton, there's a little railroad track there. And back in 87... Our train came through right in the middle of our race. Oh my goodness! And stopped the runners, and it was it was just crazy. Did so. any runner try to like hop a train to see if he can get through, and uh, or she get through and continue the race? They were one wanting to do that. So for the I time. believe it. So, but they didn't. Nobody got hurt. Thank God. So we had to veer off of uh, of. Montana a little bit to avoid the train tracks. So basically we're talking about the great train incident of 1987 for the turkey trot. I understand. Uh, again, I love it. Uh, 46 years, that's what it's all about, folks. That is uh, that is phenomenal in itself when you start to look at longevity and, and oh, yeah. just how impressive this has been. It is. You know, and, and West Stars, this is their fourth year. They've been our title sponsor. Our bag sponsor is El Paso Disposal, which, you know, great, two great organizations in town we can't thank rick francis or scott berry uh enough for all that they give to back to the ymc and their community absolutely and by the way let's talk about when you go for race packet pickup tomorrow uh and what you get as part of that because i believe a t-shirt is included in that as well a right? long sleeve t-shirt which oh, nice. we were one of the first ones to come out with the long sleeve t-shirt what does it look like this year uh is it like the white long sleeve t-shirt yeah, with, the, white, with the uh yeah. with the logo on there cotton, cotton t-shirt uh Logo and with the sponsors on the back, uh, you'll get the race bag, which uh, 
bright yellow race bag, which everybody loves the string bags. Yep. Uh, uh, First few will get Mayo. Mayo has sponsored us also, so nice. first few get a little Mayo, and then everybody gets a medal. You know, back in COVID, medals became very popular because nobody was gathering, and they wanted a medal to show that they ran it. So we brought it out, and we haven't quit giving medals out, and it's a cool little medal with our, with our logo on it. I noticed there's a website where you can actually uh, find and track those that are going to be participating in the race uh, through uh, runsignup.com. Yep. This is very cool because you'll actually see what they're registered for, and then you can actually click the result notifications by their name. That is so cool. That is cool. Uh, you know, when they cross the finish line, they'll get a text or an email with the place that they finished and also how, what their time was. So technology is wonderful. Oh. This chip timing is great. You know, uh Eastwood uh, High School cross-country team, Coach Mike McLean, he's the one that does the timing for us. Great guy, loves it, does this for his kids, a little fundraiser for his kids. So, you know, he's he's in Houston with the Nike event this weekend. If people want to get there early for the turkey trot, how early do people start arriving when the race begins at 7.15? You know, parking's going to be challenging at best because of the parade and yep. everything else. So get there a little bit early. Find a parking place. Where do you recommend to park? You know, either north of Arizona or south of Yandel. Okay. It's the best place. However you can get there, get there because police will be uh, uh, blocking off the roads really early that morning because of the parade and all. Uh, the security on that parade uh, has just gone up 110% because all the craziness that's happened I across it. the nation. So really the El Paso police has done a great job to protect the people coming to the parade and the turkey trot. So uh, just come as early as you have to. You know, we start right at 7.15. We don't mess around with that time. So people, I mean, the sun starts to rise about 6.30, 6.35 in the morning. So people will probably get their park in the dark, yep. get themselves warmed up, ready to go. And then it's kind of cool because they can watch the sun rise and about 45 minutes later, the race starts. Right. And they run straight toward the sun. They that is so cool. Yeah, that is really cool. So it's very, it's fun. You know, we've had pilgrims there. We've had turkeys there. Uh, people break out their new running uniforms when they come out there. We've got a lot of sponsors that will sponsor high school kids to come and run in it. It's just a great event for the city. Absolutely, and it's tradition. It's all about tradition. You know, we've got the Cowboys yep. and the Lions playing on Thursday on Thanksgiving to every get year. Against each other. That, that, isn't it crazy? <laughs> and now we, have, we, have, uh, we get a chance to have uh, the Turkey Trot starting off. It's almost like this is the, this is the official start. Of Thanksgiving. Well, official start of the holiday season, That's really. Right. You know, an official start. You know, come and run. You can watch the parade, then go home and eat. You know, what? you can get your uh, place on the parade route that early because there will be a few people there, but by that time, not enough. All right. Do me a favor. Stick around. I want to okay. find out what's going on at the Y. Let's let's talk Sounds about good. some of the different uh, things you have between the end of the year and next year. So Bill Kuhn here with us right now inside our Lubingo Studios. Hey, we still have some of those Los Artistas uh, tickets available right now. First callers in, 505-6009. You can go this weekend. We're going to hook you up right now as Sports Talk continues. 600 ESPN El Paso. Back here on Sports Talk, 19 past the hour. As we continue on the show, Bill Coons here with us. 
El Paso YMCA CEO. You want to go to the El Paso YMCA website, just check it out. ElPasoYMCA.org. It's that simple. You can sign up today for the turkey trot. ElPasoYMCA.org. You got a lot going on right now, don't you? A lot, a lot happening at the, at the Y. It's crazy right now. We got sports signups uh, uh, for the for next year already. Uh, we started that last weekend. We're uh, doing sports out in Horizon now. Are you really uh, doing sports? Uh, we're just finished next this Saturday is our last weekend uh, in Horizon, and we're registering for the next season: basketball, volleyball, and soccer. We're even doing a little indoor soccer out there in Horizon. Good for you. That's really cool. Uh, I think one of our branches is doing outdoor soccer during the winter because they've had such a demand for soccer during the winter time. So I'm not surprised. It's so cold, now, but who do cares? You, do you have another facility in Horizon, or where do you uh, where do you do it? Uh, we we are using their local parks, and we'll use some of their schools out there to Good play the you. game. So. We're building some great relationships out there in Horizon. They've been wanting the programs out there, so we we finally brought programs out to Horizon. Good, and I know you also have the uh, snow facility cranking up pretty good with oh, basketball this time crazy. of year. It's crazy. It's crazy out of snow. I mean, that's what it's for, basketball and volleyball. So, well, we have teams coming in. We we had pickleball out there. I know pickleball was oh, a that's big cool. sport. And, uh, so we've moved pickleball to the west side right now. So uh, the snow field is good. And coming up in – January, uh, nationwide, we have a program called Y360. Tell me about Y360. Y360 is the virtual part of the YMCA. So if you're a member of the YMCA, and let's say it's it's really cold, you live in Buffalo, New York, and you, you got a membership to the YMCA, you can go online and get virtual workouts. And you can stay home and watch the virtual workouts on your Roku TV, on any of your devices and things like that. In fact, it's, it's some of them can and some of it's live so you could join a live class from anywhere around the world that the ymc is doing programs y360 is covid's gift to a lot of different people because let's be honest as tough as covid's been for everybody the virtual lifestyle really took shape during the 2020 and 2021 years it did it did you know and everybody was looking for that way to go work out, you know, and be a part of something. And uh, the YMCA has been doing this before COVID, but it really blew up during COVID. And we're looking at uh, really branching that out here. In El Paso, you got to be a YMCA member. But if, you know, if you live in uh, Sierra Blanca, we may charge you 10 bucks for a Y360 membership. Or if you live in Rio Doso, Charge you ten bucks for Y three sixty, so they still have quality YMCA programs, but they don't have to be near a YMCA. Well, the nice thing is they can still get the YMCA workouts and 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 do exactly what they would do here. You're just doing it in your home. That's, That's all. right. That's right. You know, and and if you if you like that belonging part, there's classes you can belong to online, so you can attend every day. You know, at that time for those classes. If you are a regular Y member, do you have access to Y three sixty? Absolutely. You will in January. That's beautiful. So there's the perk. You could have the ability to be a member of the Y, and if you can't make it one day to a class, you could always do it virtually. Or say your work schedule is too demanding, but you carve time out of your day during the week to to work out virtually, you could do that as well. Absolutely. You know, you could also try new classes without being embarrassed. With people around you, you could try new classes, see if you like them in your own home. Uh, And then... 
if your local Y has it, then you go join that new class. So, you know, it's a lot of perks in this, uh, and it's going to help our members and our community become healthier. Let's also talk about seniors because we always talk about the memberships, the youth sports and youth activities. Senior lifestyle is a big, big part of the YMCA family, especially during the week when the kids are in school. That's right. And uh, you've got a lot of senior members, and you also have, for fitness, a couple of different fitness courses, uh, an enhanced fitness plan, and also Moving for Better Balance, which is a 12-week program. These are two uh, two programs you offer for the senior members. Absolutely. You know, those are t- only two of the programs we have. We have water aerobics. We have chair aerobics. We have senior design classes. You know, in the morning time, we're working, Steve. Or I'm working. You may be out still asleep. I don't know what. Nah, I'm here at 8. Yeah. I don't know about you, but uh, yes. Yeah. So, but we're working. So the yeah. seniors take over our facilities. That's right. And and we gear we cater to those seniors. You know, we'll do potlucks. We'll do you know casino trips. That's huge at all three YMCs. We literally rent a bus and we go up to Rio Doso for the day. Oh, and that's come back. cool. You know, so they get together. They need to spend that time. You know, during COVID, social isolation really hurt the seniors because they go home to nobody. Yeah. They see nobody, and we called them, and their classmates would call each other and make sure, but they were one of the first ones back when COVID and they got their vaccines because they missed each other. And, you know, we have coffee pots in every facility, and after they work out, they stay another hour, hour and a half and just talk. That's what it's about at the YMCA, especially for the seniors. And I'll tell you something else that's really cool for the seniors. Uh, there are plans now, and I, I don't know if it's through Medicaid, but there are ways now to get a membership covered and not have right. any out-of-pocket cost for seniors, and that's something that uh, people, you know, seniors could take advantage of. Well, it's called Silver Sneaker, Silver and Fit. There's, there's different names, different Renew. Fitness, I think, is another name. Uh, so it's not Medicaid, but it's a Part B plan. Okay. So if you buy additional insurance, a lot of these additional insurance has that added benefit to the gym, and they pay nothing. They come into the Y all the time, and we get paid through their benefit plan every time they come in. So That's great. You know, we encourage them to come in all the time so we can get the money, you know, to keep our programs up. So really all you got to do is just search senior benefit plan, and you might be able to find one that matches where you'll be able to get those extra benefits. Go to the YMCA and not even have to worry about paying out of pocket. That's right. You know, and right now seniors are looking at their insurance and what they're going to go with next year. This is the time to find that extra gym membership on that Part B plan and sign up for that plan and then come to the YMCA. Bill Kuhn with us, Executive Director, YMCA of El Paso. I always love to ask you about what you have in the future, but you've already you've already kind of given us a, a little spoiler. YMCA 360 sounds like that is going to be the big, big uh, you know initiative for 2023. It is. Right now, that is going to be our big initiative, you know, uh, uh, beefing up our sports program over in Horizon. And if we can find a facility over there, start offering some uh, fitness programs to the adults over there also. That community is growing so fast, uh, and they need a YMC over there. So uh, YMC is always grassroots, builds it up, you know, from programs, and that's what we're doing on Horizon right now. Uh, meanwhile, you've got uh, the Loya Center, you've got the Bowling Center, the West Side Center. You mentioned Snow Horizon. There's just a, a, a lot out there right now. There really well, is. And we're we're in eleven different after school sites. We manage four pools on Fort Bliss. 
we we have the Kenny Brothers Estates Gym that we're doing programs out of. We're all over this city. You are. And by the way, uh, I got news for you. You know what I'm doing right now? You're going to laugh, but here's what I'm doing right now. Let me show you. I've got a camera on uh, the lawyer courts, and I'm watching right now. Sport fee. I'm watching, which is also something very cool. Uh, You've got live streams from all your different facilities, so you can actually watch the kids working out, playing basketball, and and, and all the different facilities. You've got courts uh, set up everywhere right now with these cameras. We do. And and you know what's cool about that, Steve, is is that Grandma and Grandpa may not live here in town. If they have a computer, they can watch your grandchild play basketball or volleyball. How cool is that? They can watch your kid, their grandkids, and you know what? That's a company that we've partnered up with. And if anybody wants to sponsor us, you know, have your name on the bottom of the screen. There's that ability to do that, and it just benefits the YMCA and the kids that play in our sports. I just saw Peter Piper Pizza doing exactly what you just said Absolutely. as I was watching as I was watching that video feed. That's it was it was perfect. It was like you set it up. You know, Peter Piper Pizza is one of our great sponsors. You know, they've sponsored some flag football for us. So that's great. So there's so much going on right now. You got to just check it out. The live stream, though. That's a nice new new addition. That's part of the YMCA family. Um, okay. As we talk and wrap this up, you've got family memberships, you have individual memberships, the senior memberships, so many ways you can do it. You can buy annual, you can go month to month. There's a lot of ways to do there, it. There, you know what? Uh, come and join the Y. That's all I've got to say. You know, I we found out a couple years ago, Steve, that uh, uh, when the Harlem Globetrotters came to town to El Paso, uh, one of them called us and said, well, I want to come to Loyo. We found out he started playing basketball. At Loya Family YMCA. Really? Over 20 years ago. Oh, that's such a cool story. You know, and, and that's not, we're not out to build Harlem Globetrotters. Don't come to the Y and say, I want my child to be a Harlem Globetrotter. But it's the skills and the coaches and that, that adult mentorship that really helped develop that young man. And, and got him to play basketball and be a Harlem Globetrotter. You can't Fantastic. beat stories like that. No, you can't. ElPasoYMCA.org. Get there. Sign up for the Turkey Trot. Because tonight is the last night before the $25 fee goes up to $30 uh, starting tomorrow. You've got the pickup, uh, the packet pickup tomorrow. Westside Family Y. Absolutely. And then the uh, the race will be held uh, Thursday morning on Thanksgiving, 7-15. Uh, is it a shotgun start? No guns. We'll play it. Uh, do a horn. It's you just a, go bang. No, no. Okay. There'd be an air horn out there. You know. Nice. You know. Last year, and we had a little starter pistol, and I was worried about that. With what the craziness going on in the world. Good point. So I gave it back to him. He says, "I got a horn. Oh, Let's just go. use a horn, and right. we don't need people worrying. Plus, it's the parade, and there's police yes. out there. You don't want need any more issues." Thanks for dropping by. It's always great to see you, yeah. and uh, have a very happy Thanksgiving. Hey, Bill. You too, Steve. Thank you very much, Aaron. It's great seeing you, man. And it's great to see you as well. And by the way, uh, great job with high school football this year. I hope you enjoyed uh, being one of our reporters. Gosh, as I, you, always do. I, you know what? I've, I should be at a football field right now, man. I should be at a football field. Can you steal one? Yep, that's right. Uh, Pebble Hills is down, but by seven points is all. Yeah, halftime. And then, by the way, Byron Nelson is beating Eastwood 2 nothing right now. That's the score. A little, little, uh, little safety action. little safety action going on there, you know. Uh, so, you know, and you got Centennial playing. Uh, Pebble Hills. Uh, 
Yeah, well, Pebble Hills, you already mentioned. Yep. Pebble Hills, North Crowley going right. on right now. There's a lot of good so, games. Excellent. So three games going on for El Paso. We already got one going further in the playoffs. Can you see? Congratulations to the Eagles. Fantastic. Bill, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks Thank again you, for man. coming in. Bill Kuhn, folks, uh, from the YMCA. Sports Center's next, and then we'll come back and uh, get you ready for our final countdown with a little UTEP first and 10 as we uh, get you prepared for tomorrow's football game. All that and more as we continue 600 ESPN El Paso.